one. What's going on, Kinfo? Welcome back. Welcome back. Key to the City Podcast. Uh, I hope y'all liked the little intro. I just threw that in there today. I added that in there. I thought it was pretty fly myself, but uh, I'm still working with it. Uh, but welcome back. Welcome to episode 35, season two, man. We rolling along. I appreciate everybody that's continued to support uh, the podcast, liking, comment, sharing, whatever you've been doing, man. Spread the word. I sure appreciate it. You had to do it, but you did. And, um, you know, just like last week, we're going to continue to bring you high-quality content, high-quality guests. Um, see, as far as season two is concerned, I want to let y'all know we got about 12 episodes left in the season. Then we're going to shut it down at episode 99, and uh, we're going to crank season three up with episode 100. So uh, we're going to do it like that, so y'all stay tuned. Uh, but as far as season two, we're going to close out the rest of them. Quality content, quality guests. I want to thank my last guest we had on episode 34, Prince of Soul, Calvin Richardson. We appreciate him stopping through. Uh, we had a good conversation. I appreciate him taking time out of his day. I know his schedule busy, so coming on my little old platform, we sure appreciate it. And uh, we got another celebrity in the building with us. That's right. I reaches out. You know, I reaches out and contacts people. And um, I know if you're definitely from the city of Jackson, you know this gentleman's face. Uh, he's a legend where we're from. You understand that? Uh, he's a film producer, author, writer, uh, director. Uh, he might be a philanthropist, carpenter, mechanic, <laughs> jack of all trades. You understand me? And uh, I've checked out uh, all of his projects. I am definitely a fan. Um, I checked them out in person. I checked them out, you know, on um, digital um I've even attended his classes. He probably don't know that, but we'll get into that. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the city. The man, Maximum, Maximus. Right. <laughs> What's going on, boss? Hey, man, look, you know, I'm, I'm I'm feeling some type of way because I'm like, it's taken to season two for me to come on the show. Oh, man. man. <laughs> you showed up right. Way, bro. And I'm going to tell you something about that. Um when I first started the show, you were on my list. You was like top 10 on my list. And I this is how you know I'm not lying. Because uh, one of the actors that you had in Soul Damage, uh, Jeremy Chico Hodge, that's wow. my cousin. My what? first cousin. Yes. Oh, man, Chico, that's my guy, man. <laughs> yeah, so I think I had Chico like my third episode to start it off. And I was telling him, man, you got to get Maximus on the show for me, man. You got to help me out. And um, I think I just started rolling and. It uh got out of my hands, brother. So I apologize. Better nah, late than never. I'm Better here. I'm here. I'm, grateful. I'm grateful, bro. I know. I'm grateful to have you. How your day been going? Man, today's been good, man. You know, um, you know, we are in a pandemic trying to film. So right, 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 right. <laughs> what are you working on currently? We have this uh project called Existentialism, and uh we started filming in January. It's a concept, and and basically, you know, if you follow how I do stuff, I pretty much create the concept raised mm-hmm. and then we create the feature right so uh we had an actress out of dallas who was going to be playing the lead role and she came in contact with covid mm. so we had to pretty much shut down uh production and just film all that we could and we had to recast and finally uh gratefully 
we found a new um, a new Alex Michaels for existentialism by the name of Esther Young, who is from the city of Jackson. Okay. And um, so we just got that and we're just looking to get ready to get back in production. I've definitely seen the name uh, floating around. Uh, can I get some background on it? What is, is it about? Oh, man. Existentialism is about a guy who's dealing with grief, man. You know, he lost his wife mm. and um, <clears throat> and he's in this new relationship. But because of the accident, he has partial amnesia and he keeps seeing his wife everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everywhere he shows up, she's there. But every time he approaches her, he's running. She's running from him or she's mm. trying to run over him or, you know, it's all these crazy things. And he can't determine whether what he's seeing is real. Right. Or not. So it's a it's a kind of strange story about a guy struggling. His grief has him struggling whether he's seeing reality or not. Mm-hmm. And we have all these different characters around him. And it's kind of like we're trying to figure out who are these people and how they fit into his life. Understood. Understood. That definitely sounds interesting. And man, I'm just like, I'm so conflicted with this interview because there's so many layers I want to dig into in such a short time. Um, and most of it's for my own personal reasons. Uh, so let me back it up a few minutes. Uh, okay. Just a few. What steered you towards a career in writing? What inspired you to write, to become a filmmaker? Mm-hmm. All of your talents. Was it a natural talent or something that's self-taught or you were taught or what? Well, it's, you know, writing was always something that was around. I never thought I was good at it mm-hmm. because I made the common mistake that a lot of people make. I wasn't good at grammar. So mm-hmm. I thought I wasn't good at writing. Right, 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 right. But what I was exceptional at was I was exceptional at telling stories. And okay. that's what we got to try to help people understand. If you are a good storyteller, you might not necessarily be a good writer. You hire people for that. You hire people for the editing. You hire people for this. But normally, just because you're a good writer don't mean that you're a good storyteller. Because I know plenty of people make straight A's in English. But right. they keep your attention. Right, 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 right. Part of being a good storyteller is can I keep your attention? Mm, mm. So once I realized what I was good at, then it started evolving. So, but to your point, uh, Man, I thought I had about as much chance of being a writer and a filmmaker as I had of being an astronaut. <laughs> right. I mean, think about it. I didn't have people around that I could go to and say, hey, you know, oh, we didn't have filmmakers. I'm from Yazoo City. So the best we saw was maybe a black doctor, a black lawyer. Mm-hmm. We didn't see any black filmmakers. When right. I came to Jackson, we didn't see any black filmmakers. I didn't, at least. Right, right, right. So the way it started, my daughter wanted to get into acting because she said, she wanted to be on Disney. And when she said, well, daddy, I'm going to have to leave Mississippi. That made me panic because I didn't want my little girl to leave. Facts. Yeah. So I took it down to the Disney, um, <laughs> the auditions, you know, like how you hear on the radio, like coming mm-hmm. from Disney. So, you know, I'm sitting up there in five minutes, you know, you know, I'm from, you know, I'm from the hood. You know, I'm like, this is a scam. <laughs> right. You know, I'm like, wait a minute. So, was it a pay to audition type? Yeah. Thing? You pay, yeah. 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 Okay. You come in two days, then you do a show. So, you know, mm-hmm. five minutes in, you know, I'm like, man, this is a scam. So when her time came up, they said, well, you know, Mr. Wright, you know, with $5,000, we can, you know, we can train and get like this. I said, I ain't got five grand, you know, so come on, baby girl, let's go. Oh, hold up. Before you go, before you go, we got 2,500. No, there you go. That's that's how you know. That's a, that's a firm. <laughs> it's a scam right there. I ain't got, so I let them get all the way down to 500. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I told my daughter, I said, look, I'm going to go on and pay this. But if you don't stick to it, mm-hmm. daddy did his part. Long story short, she went on to Jackson State. Now she's in New York, and I'm stuck here holding the bag shooting films. Right. <laughs> that's how that's how I got into it, trying to keep her around and found and you know, making little stuff for her and then promoting our events. And it, it led to a music video with Dexter Allen and Bobby Rush. And after that, I was producing soul damage. Wow, that was pretty fast. This yeah, so you, yeah, me too. You wasn't doing it like as a career professionally or anything like that. No. Oh, brother, you done inspired me, man. No, no. We'll get into it a little bit later, but no, no school, baby. No school. No, 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 none of those things that traditionally. So that's why I'm so passionate about people like you. And I'm telling you, if I did that, you can do it. I need to do that. Yeah. I needed to hear that. I attended your um uh one of your writers class. Um it was at the Kundi compound. Yeah, yeah. I think this was 29. Could have been 2020. No. No, 2019. Yeah, okay. I was okay. at 2019. Uh, I was down on my luck. This is around the same time I started. I thought, yeah, I had just got inspired to do the podcast, and I saw um, the ad that you put out stating that you were having a class, and I said, uh, I told my wife, man, I, I think I should go to this, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I should go. She was like, babe, you should go. Um, and when I got there, I was just um, – I was motivated by the way you told the class to start. You told us, um, you know, just start writing. And most people looked around like, start writing about what? Just (laughs) do what I said, just start writing. And it's amazing how I came up with a page full of material. Right. Just from start writing. And it's been so many times I've tried to write scripts or poems or rhymes or anything. I just ball up the paper and throw it away. But one of the things that you said that stuck with me was um, you don't edit during the writing process. Hey. And boy, that, that hit me like a, a ball of fire because I'm so busy trying to critique as I write. And it's it's really impossible to do in a sense. So my I say all that to say, like, is that your writing style when you're inspired to write a film or a book? You just start writing or... Well, some type of structure. Well, what it is, you got to realize there are two different minds that you're working with. You have your creative mind, then you have your analytical mind. Mm-hmm. You got to choose one. Mm-hmm. You got to choose to write with your creative mind because when you start switching back and forth from analytical to critical, that's what creates writer's block. Because mm-hmm. your brains are fighting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When a story, man, I just believe that a story is already in you. You may not be aware of it, but that story is already in you. And so what you have to do is get out of your way. Mm. Let the story tell you what it wants to say. Mm. Quinn Tarantino says something that really made a whole lot of sense. He said, you're really writing to halfway of your script. He said, because once you get halfway, the characters are going to then tell you what's going to happen. And that's what has to happen creatively, man. You have to start writing and getting out of the way and let your subconscious mind take over. And then these characters become real. And then the characters start telling you. So when I wrote Soul Damage, man, you know, I was sitting in the floor writing, cracking up, crying, because 
it was like I was listening. I was sitting in the midst of all these characters and they were talking to me. I was just writing down what they said. Right, right, right. So that's that's how you got. You can't judge it, man. You can't judge it in the beginning. You got to let it flow out. And then once you have something written, you can come back and start editing. Mm, that's powerful. Hard to do. But uh, no, no, it's not hard to write. It's hard to give up control. There you go. There you go. I can say it in the belly. Yeah. You, and, and see, that's what it is. You got to trust the process enough to get rid of what your control, what you think it is, because you don't know. You don't know. Facts. I hope you all catching these gems. He's dropping, especially all you creatives out there, you know. We always complain about writer's block. <laughs> um, do you consider like what do you enjoy one aspect of the process more than the other? Like writing versus directing versus. I think I think I like directing more because it's immediate, you know, and because I'm impatient a lot of times, you know, I can see it right there in front of me. You know, I can say, OK, change that facial expression or I can say change your inflection. You know, let's act like you're angry. You know, but when you're writing, the the time it takes from putting it from your head to the page and your brain is thinking faster than you can write. I think if I had to choose, I would direct more, but you can't direct if you don't have those words. Right. You write and direct your own films? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Because I remember you saying something in the class about. Um, I know one young lady was working on a production. And um, the way she was describing it and her process, you was telling her that she sounds like more of a director mm-hmm. as opposed to a writer. Um, is it more advantageous to do both or? It just really comes down to to your skill set and what, you know, what you purpose to do, you know, because I've always wondered how can somebody write something in a totally separate person, just take the script and. Well, uh does it work like that? Well, what happens, you know, like people write songs all the time, but it don't mean they can sing. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They might write some dope melodies. They probably can write some beautiful things, but they can't sing at all. Mm-hmm. So they have to bring in a singer who now interprets the words and puts it out in a way that they could not do. And that's what a director does. I love if that. You don't have the ability. Then the director comes in. He sees what you've written, but then he's he or she is able to project it visually in a way that you could not do. Wow. Who are some of your um, who, who are some of the, the top directors that you admire? Uh, Martin Scorsese, man, without question. Mm. Uh, you know, when you go look at pictures like Casino. Yeah. With with. Um, with Robert De Niro in it, man, and uh, Joe Pesci, you know, just visually how beautiful the scenes were. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You just if forget the dialogue. If you just go back and just look at the pictures, the cinematography of it and how he made it look, man, it's just it's just breathtaking, man. You know, Antoine Fuqua, man, that cat really doesn't get enough credit enough. You You're know, right. uh, when you start talking about the equalizer. You know, when he took the scenes and you saw Denzel come in and then how the, the camera was screened into his eyeball and then flip the image around. And then you're able to see what's going to happen before it happens. Right. That, you know, that's creativity, man. That's just a, ba- a way of visually telling the story. And uh, and when it's done well, you don't even realize it. You just feel a certain way. You know, mm. so, uh, those guys, man, you know, of course, you got another names, but those guys, particularly, I look at their styles and I kind of feel them and how they do stuff. 
Right. No. One of the things I struggle with and that I um desire the most is like to have a team, to build a team. Mm-hmm. How are you able to like put the right people in place to make your vision a reality, to bring it to screen? I think I struggle with that. Um mm-hmm. I, sometimes I kind of want to force people that it may not even be a passion of theirs, but I want to force that person into a position because I think they may be right for it. But uh, <laughs> but that don't always work. So uh, listen, listen, bro. I've been there. I've been there. You, you can want it for them way more. Say, oh no, bro. I can. I, I I might need to charge you for this. Lesson. I'm about to get you here, man. I might give you my cash out. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I pay. But here's the thing, man. You Arthur Ashe said something that it just really. I built my life around it. He said, you start where you are. You use what you got. You finish what you start. Mm. That's, how, that's how you start somewhere and end somewhere. So in the beginning, you're going to start. You're going to be pulling from friends and family to make the vision work. Mm-hmm. And they're going to take you. They're going to do it because they love you. You're not because they're so passionate about your vision, but they're going to do it because they love you. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you be grateful for what they can give you, but you have to be understanding that this is not their passion. Gotcha. So what happens is you start and once it gets going, you're like, OK, OK, I can do this. I can do this. Then people, because if you stay consistent and that's what kills a lot of the dreams and the dreamers is that they will not remain consistent. They won't consistently keep putting stuff out there. You know what I'm saying? And it doesn't have to be good because everything I put out there wasn't good, but I kept mm-hmm. putting stuff out. Thanks. So then you're going to start, people are going to start identifying and say, you know, you know, I like what Brother Gray doing over there, man. You know, I need to, I think I need to hook up with him. And people will start coming and they'll start emerging. And you'll take them and some of them might not have the right motive. Some of them will just be on for the ride or for the shine because when Soul Damage first took off, Oh, it was a whole bunch of folk around me, but then I ran out of money. Mm. And I ran out of money for like two years. So then that smoke died, you know? Mm. So now those folk left and the people that remained were the folk who really believed. And fortunately, man, we was able to get back and get things rolling again. But then you get to that third hurdle. You're saying, look, I know y'all give me what you you got, but I need next level. That's Mm. when you got to start paying folks. Without question. And then, but here's the thing. It don't mean you got to pay them their salary. You just need to pay them something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, yo, no. I know this ain't what you, what's called, but this, right. there's a bill here. Boom. You know, and as you start doing that, you keep going from step mm-hmm. to step. And then that, that money will start rising because you're activating a principle. Mm. See, that's what mm-hmm. you got to realize. It's principles that you're activating because now you're sowing into your own vision. And when you start sowing into your own vision, then there's going to there's going to create a that the, you're going to start reaping because you sold into your own vision. Mm. And that's what's killing a lot of the dreamers, because they won't sow into their own vision. Ooh. If God is giving you this. The real litmus test of if you believe in it or not is, are you going to sow your own bread into it? Mm. When I sat down with the investors with sold damage, the first thing they want to know is how much I put in. People will not invest in something that you have not invested in yourself. 
You talking? Mm-hmm. And if you have invested and they have vetted you out and they say, okay, I see you still going and I boom, I see you got skin in this game. People then start asking you, can I invest in your project? Mm. So that's, that's the difference. That's why some people's visions are not coming to pass because they will not invest in their own vision, but they want everybody else to put their money in. No, probably mm. show me that you really believe that you were called to do this. You show me by putting your own money in. And when you do that, God opens the doors and you open up to a whole world that you didn't know existed outside of that. Mm. Somebody pass that plate around. Because <laughs> of the church. Oh. Hey, man, Ooh, I'm man. Me, man. Yes, Lord. I'm, <laughs> I'm so glad you spoke on consistency. That was my entire goal when I started the process, because I've done a lot of things. And once I run into that first brick wall, I'm trying to find something else to do. No, no. Instead of going through the wall. Oh, no, 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 no. So my primary goal was to remain consistent, and uh, it'll be two years in March. And uh, I appreciate you saying that because it, it's very important. And and also, it's been times where I was dead tired or didn't want to do it or, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't think it was as good or the sound was off or this was that, but mm-hmm. continue to drop material on me. So. No, man, see, this is the thing. That's the That's the trick. You keep saying it got to be perfect. And you mm. all know people who've been waiting say, oh, I'm only going to release this music video out once I have it perfect. I'm only going to release this script out when I get it perfect. But now, man, you got you got to start. Mm-hmm. And then those people never release it and the world never sees what they have. Man, I got some stuff out there, man. I wish nobody would ever find again, but I had to put it out there to get right. to this point. You know what I'm saying? Right. Exactly. So, no, no, man. Uh-uh. Got to shoot your shot, people. Got to shoot your shot, man. You always wonder why the ugly guy always got the girl. He go shoot many jumpers. You sitting over there on the corner, baby. You sitting up on the wall, and you won't. He went over there and said, "What's up, girl? What's, what's going on?" You know, you got to shoot your shot, bro. Right. He shoots sixty shot like Kobe out there. Don't care yeah, what his percentage like, is. Like the last, like the last thirty been minutes. You know what I'm saying? He just he shooting them like boom with uncut. Right. <laughs> Keeps of the City Podcast. We got my kinfolk Maximus right in the building. A uh, few more questions for you, brother. Yes, sir. Um, let's see where I want to go. Oh, where are we with the Marcus Dupree film? Oh, man. Listen, Marcus called me today. We were, we were scheduled to uh, shoot the concept in March of last year. Mm-hmm. We know what happened in March last year. COVID just hit. And went. So, um, we came close to doing it a couple of times, but it was just how do we figure out how do we get guys out there playing contact football mm. in the midst of COVID? And we just couldn't figure it out at that time. But uh, we just are getting back at the table, man. And we're going to try to have some shot, hopefully before the summer, man. Okay. Writing the script. So we I actually got a call from someone out of Atlanta uh, last week. They want to meet up. So it's back in play, man. It's back in play. We just got to make it happen. Love to hear it. Yeah. Um, can you briefly describe like what the pitching process is like? Well, that's interesting. It's interesting because you know it's according to who you're pitching to. I mean, you're talking about pitching to networks, or you're talking about pitching to investors. If I want to get uh, a feature film in regional theaters, okay. So that's interesting. I don't have a lot of experience with that, but we have. Okay. 
I have entertained sales agents. And basically what sales agents are, are people who take your product and they'll go to Netflix for you. They'll go to Amazon because at the end of the day is really about relationships and what you're really paying for. You're paying for people who have relationships with folk that you need to do business with. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now I have decided in the beginning, but even more so recently that I'm going to take my stuff straight to the consumer going forward. Mm-hmm. Now, some of the deals that I'm starting to see comes out of a Netflix and Lionsgate and stuff like this. Unless you're at that top tier relationship with folk who are coming in on the front end, mm-hmm. they take off your peanuts. So now what my strategy is, is I'm going straight to the people. I'm glad you, know, you said it. Yeah. I'm, I'm focusing. How do I build the Maximus right audience? How do I build that one person at a time, one like at a time, one quote at a time, whatever. So, there's more power in me building my own audience because you got to realize you're probably too young to realize when Master P was really doing his thing, what really made PP, you know, selling them out of the trunk one at a time. But mm-hmm. what I don't realize is how Prince changed the game. Then he incorporated like albums into his ticket sales and things like and that. He, and it, what he did was he completely uh, divorced from the, the labels. Mm-hmm. And he said, I can still sell, make more money selling to 300,000 people. And I keep all the money mm-hmm. than selling to two, 3 million people. And I'm getting pennies off the dollar. Right. Absolutely. So if I'm like, if I can sell, if I can sell $10 to a $10 ticket to 500,000 people, that's $5 million. I don't need, mm-hmm. I don't need a distribution deal. Right. Cause I was so thinking, man. With all the shit that's on Netflix and there's some garbage on there. Why is Maximus not on here? Man, and, and Tubi and all these. You know, and, and see, and that's the other thing. You have to be intentional. Like, what are you trying to do? And the question I had to say is, am I trying to be popular or am I trying to become powerful? Mm. And those mm. are two different roads. Let's believe it. Because if you want to become popular, then yeah, you can go on, you can take whatever they give you at Netflix or you can go to Amazon, they pay you pennies on the dollar. Mm-hmm. But if I want to become powerful, then that means I have to take more responsibility and take a different route. You're right. You're right. But yeah, everybody can be up here saying, Well, oh man, you've been working on Soul Damage all this time, but you ain't, you know, we ain't seen nowhere. We've seen folk on Amazon, we ain't seen folk on this. But as we speak, folk like Benjamin Wright scoring my film. Mm. And if you don't know who Benjamin Wright is, I know Ben Wright. I mean, you know, Benjamin Wright scored Tyler uh, Tyler Perry's Daddy's Little Girls. But Mm. also, I didn't know that. Don't Stop Till You Get Enough, Rock With You by Michael Jackson, Anniversary Tony Tony, uh, In the Morning by Mary Mary, Mm. uh, Rance Allen, I Belong to You, Gladys Knight, The Temptations. This, This guy has worked with all these people. I mean, Resume, yeah. The, the Philharmonica, the Philadelphia Philharmonic. This that same guy is now scoring my film, but that's because I've been working behind the scenes, creating these relationships, and trying to present position myself in a place of power as opposed to just being popular. Understood. Do you you uh, are you knowledgeable about how the Netflix deals and streaming site deals work? Yeah, I'm pretty knowledgeable about them. Uh, Break it down to me. Okay, um, you can't just walk to Netflix right now. Okay, you know, they just gotten too big. They've just gotten too big. Now you can hire a sales rep 
and a sales rep can get you in. Mm-hmm. Now, quite recently, because of Clubhouse, there was certain information that I couldn't get, but now I'm starting to get. So from what I found out, like if I'm off the street and they and Netflix in now, they know they they know they're the powerhouse. So mm-hmm. they're probably offering you on the low end 25 and on the high end 60. Percent. No, thousand. Mm. That's it. So Amazon, I could put any project I got right now on Amazon, you fill out the paperwork and they pay you like point 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 three cents per spin or something like this. Dang. So it depends on what you're looking for. If you okay. want people to see your project, and there's some now, don't get me wrong, there's some for making some real good money. Mm-hmm. You know, they're paying back their investors and everything, but you're doing the marketing. You're doing the marketing and all this stuff and you're pushing. And then, you know, if you get high up in that algorithm, they'll do stuff like that. So there are some people who are really actually making some money. But from what I'm trying to do, I just think it's better for me to just build my own audience. Ain't nothing wrong with it. I think no, I'm you know, so, and, you know, and that may not be someone else, else's path, but that's just mine. I think I'm on the same path. <laughs> um, so you're you're like um, ownership is a top priority. Absolutely. Retaining ownership. Absolutely. Love to hear I'm on the same wave. Um, So right now for 2021, we can expect uh, continued production on existentialism. Man, that's a hard word to say. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I had a couple of folks like, uh, what that project work? I can't say it, but what's that project? (laughs) Yeah. And um, how do you uh, normally go about securing talent? Do you have uh, like a talent director that does that separately? Yeah, or? We, we have a casting director and, you know, we just I've been casting here. I think for like three weeks in this, mm-hmm. year, you know, just just casting, trying to find talent. And, you know, and, and a lot of times people get mad because they say, well, well, you know, I came in audition, but, you know, I didn't get a part. And they don't realize it's, it's not because you weren't talented. You may not have been what I was looking for. At right. You know, I mean, I'm writing a comedy right now and I'm looking for a little person. I'm looking for someone three feet and under. Mm. So you're just not, you know, if you're not three feet and under, I mean, it doesn't matter how cute you are. You just, you're just not what we're looking for. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, but I just so mad at me, man. It's just like, oh, you just keep casting the same people. And sometimes I do cast the same people because I can depend on them showing up. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you said that, man. Cause uh, like I said, I've been thinking a lot about writing and uh, one of the things I thought of was like, how how would I cast for it? I don't have any credibility. I don't. So I didn't know whether to just start off with anybody or throw an ad out there on Facebook. Throw an yeah. ad out there on Facebook. Say you have a casting call. Mm. And the first time I ever did it, first time I ever did it, I had, I mean, I hadn't done anything. Mm-hmm. We, we uh we had a live casting casting call out in Madison at Corner Bakery. And this was before soul damage and anything. We were trying to get back. Man, I had folk coming from Nashville. No. Yeah, folk coming from Nashville. I had people coming from Florida. And I'm sitting up here like, man, <laughs> <laughs> these folk coming up here, man, I'll, <laughs> I don't even need these folk if they stay or not. You know what I'm saying? Right, 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 right. But, you know, you don't know what you're going to get, man, because when Tony Grant, you know, when Tony Grant I called him and pitched him soul damage. You know, I was like, bro, I'm glad you taking my call, but I ain't got no money. Mm-hmm. I, he said, I ain't worried about that. Let's, let's hear the story first. 
So after I told him the story, five minutes into the story, he was like, I'm in. I kept talking because I I I I couldn't believe what he said. So I'm still talking. He's like, bruh, I'm in. <laughs> right. I'm still talking. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, bruh, I then I say, look, I ain't got no money. He said, Oh no, we're worried. We we we'll, we'll figure that out. Don't worry about that. I want to be a part of this. Mm. So a lot of times what I want to share is don't let the money stop you. The money's illusion. Right. It's an illusion. The lack of it is an illusion. But if this is something that is purpose in your heart to do, if you move forward, the money find you. I think I overthink a lot of things. I want to be like uh, thinking I got to have a setup like Tyler Perry and got a break for lunch on set. And <laughs> oh, no, man, listen, when we were first doing this thing, we were shooting with a phone. We weren't even shooting with a camera. That's what I was going to ask you <laughs> to all the future filmmakers that's procrastinating and contemplating. Worst thing you can be doing. We, we started can... out with a phone, cell phone. No, hold up. No, see, no, no, no. <laughs> you got an iPhone. That has the quality to do something. No, we talking back Blackberry. Ooh. Blackberry. First thing wow. I was with was a Blackberry. Wow. Then I went to an iPad. Mm-hmm. Then we went to the DSLR. Then we went to some of the bigger things. But you, you got to pass the test of using what you got. And okay. a lot of times, since you won't use that, you can't, you can't go to second grade if you ain't passed first. If you can't use what you have, there's no reason for God to give you more. Mm. So maximize everything that you got at your at arm's length. There's absolutely no reason for God to give you more. Ooh, you just gonna waste it anymore? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because you you one, you don't appreciate what you got. Mm. There you go. There it is. Yeah. All right, man. I guess I'm gonna stop asking questions. <laughs> hey, man. Look, we this we we just talking. We chopping it up. All right, last one on everything because I got um. You know, I'm kind of self-teaching myself. Uh, I got a Nikon D3500. It don't do a lot, but I kind of want to use it to start making short films, but I couldn't decide between going with that or the iPhone. The iPhone kind of be looking better, though, but they say that it's more quality with an actual, like, mirrorless or DSLR or camcorder. Man, when we first started shooting, man, we were shooting with a with a, a Canon T3. Heard of it, yeah. Yeah, Canon T3. And and that was years ago, man. And we started shooting commercials and everything, man. I made a whole lot of money shooting using with that T3. Say I made less. a whole lot of money. Okay. You know what okay. I'm saying? So, so it's, it's, it's not so much the camera as it is the story. Okay. It's called so folk. Folk ain't gonna be sitting up here looking like, oh yeah, he used a Nikon, <laughs> or you know, oh I can tell that's an iPhone, you know. No man, yeah. like, was it done well? And mm-hmm. did I enjoy the story? Okay. So focus on the story, man. Everything else will take care of itself. Last question on everything. Yes, um, using if I want to tell my story, let's say I want to talk about a past relationship or something. Mm-hmm. Um. Using real names versus fictional names. Oh man, use fictional names, bro. Especially if it's an ex involved <laughs> anywhere. You, you gotta use fictional names <laughs> and then you better leave with the disclaimer. <laughs> if, you know, if any parts of this story has seems to be similar to anything, it's strictly by coincidence. You yeah. Know? <laughs> nah, <bro. laughs> you don't you don't want those type of problems, man. <laughs> okay. Understood. <laughs> Yeah, that's all I need to know. Fictionalize it all, bro. Fictionalize it all. 
I'm glad I asked a professional. I asked a homeboy. They be like, "Yeah, man, put that, put that in there, man. Be real, bro. Right. <laughs> Go get your best up." But uh, King, we sure appreciate you stopping through the city today, man. Share your time with us, dropping so many gems on us, brother. Um, any last words for my kin folks before we let you go about your evening? Oh yeah, man. This you know I've committed 2021 to, to dropping game on everybody. You know that's because we need more filmmakers, we need more risk takers, we need more dreamers. Mm-hmm. And so many are waiting for that perfect opportunity before they launch out into the deep. And they're looking, they're looking for family to believe in them. They're looking at, mm. and look, my own mama didn't believe in this when I started, bro. Mm. It's my mama. Bro, when, when the cameras finally showed up and the people rolled up and all those white folks came out and pulling out wires and setting up lights like this, I remember they came over there like, he really making a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up, no, it's even worse that I had people on my crew. They were like, oh man, this is gonna be a real movie. I'm like, <laughs> right. So Mm-mm-mm-mm. you got to spend that time alone and you got to be convinced. Regardless. You're wasting too much time trying to convince other people. Mm. I can tell you to do anything, start investing more time in convincing yourself. Oh, because well you're convinced it all gets easy after that. There it is, people. That's a word right there. Take it. Mm-hmm. Hold on tight to it. Apply it. I'm going to do that myself. Key to the City podcast. It's your Ken Fogioni. He is the great Maximus Wright. This has been another episode. We sure appreciate y'all. Peace and love to everybody. Mr. Wright, thank you, sir, once again for blessing my platform. Continue to do great things for our community. Continue to inspire people like me. And uh, I'll see you at the top, brother. See you at the top. I'll be waiting, bro. All right. Appreciate you. Good night. Good night. All right.